Jesus warned us that in the last days there would be false Christ and false prophets who appeared. I believe these false Christs appear as a vision, just like you'd be in your bedroom and all of a sudden you would see a vision of Jesus or of what you thought to be Jesus. But it would really be a false Christ. Then the individual would get so excited because Jesus had appeared to him and told him to do something perhaps. Jesus warns us in these last days this will happen. Look at Matthew 24. Begin at verse 23, Jesus says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he, Jesus, is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he, Jesus, is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So when someone comes to us and says, Jesus appeared to me last night, or a vision appeared to me last night saying that he is in Florida. Don't believe it, says Jesus. Don't believe it. Because when he comes, it will be like lightning from the east to the west. Everyone will see him. Don't be running around from place to place because some puffed up person has seen a vision which they say is Jesus, and that he told them that he was in some place and that they should go there. That won't happen. But the visions will happen, and they will be false Christs and false prophets. Several years ago, back in the 1980s, I attended a church group, Word of Faith, in Dallas. And individuals often came saying they had seen an angel. I wondered about it because I'd never seen an angel. But they would come saying they'd seen an angel. And that's all they said. They never did tell the angel told me such and such. If they had said that, I think I would have come much closer to paying attention to them. But it was just that they had seen an angel. Because angels are used by God to communicate messages of instruction by the will of God, as he wills. They also do mighty works. So I know angels exist. I know they look like human beings, because in the Bible we see that all the time. 
in, of angels appearing, and they look like human beings. And there's a scripture that says, Be not unawares to entertain strangers, for some have entertained angels un- unaware. See, that can happen. It can be an angel. They look like humans. They do not have wings. People have that mixed up with cherubims that have wings. Angels just look like human beings. They will look exactly like another person of our time. They'll dress in modern clothing, whatever the clothing is of the day. They won't appear to us in um, a medieval clothing, I don't believe. I think they look just like other humans. This is what I see from the Bible, from Genesis 19. When the two angels came to Lot, I don't believe he knew they were angels until later. He took them into his house for protection, to protect them against the men of Sodom. Genesis 19. But toward the end, he knew they were angels because they told him that God had sent them to destroy Sodom. And they, were, they couldn't do it until they got Lot out of Sodom. There are supernatural events. Look at Paul on the road to Damascus. This was after the resurrection of Jesus, after Jesus was in heaven. This happened. There are church groups such as Church of Christ which want to throw out all supernatural experiences. Well, this is wrong. There are other church groups that I've seen that just go wild trying to to seek visions and follow visions. That's wrong. We should be directly, solidly based in the Word of God, the Bible, the written Word of God. And we go forward from that point. Then if these strange things should come, I, I think we have a chance of recognizing them. I know I was always troubled by those angel reports at Word of Faith, and many people reported that. I believe I had an angel speak to me one time. Angels deliver messages from God by the will of God to show you what to do. The Holy Spirit can do the same thing. There's a vast difference in my experience between the Holy Spirit and what I believe to be angels. The Holy Spirit lives inside us. He brings thoughts to our mind to guide us into all truth, to teach us all things, to remind us of everything Jesus has said and to show us things to come. That's in John chapter 14 verse 26 and John chapter 16 verse 13. In my experience, the Holy Spirit speaks with a very gentle voice. It is so gentle that sometimes I have not been aware that he has spoken to me or brought an idea to my mind. And often he repeats that idea. And the second or third time that the idea comes to my mind, I come to the realization that's the Holy Spirit speaking. But his voice is very gentle. I've never had any example where the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a fearful distressing, loud voice. Devils speak that way, but not the Holy Spirit. But now angels don't think an angel is a gentle creature. The 
rock that was at the tomb of Jesus. Remember, they sealed off the tomb of Jesus so his disciples couldn't come and steal him in the night and then tell people that uh, he had risen. So they put a watch outside the tomb and sealed that tomb with a big rock. On the first day of the week, the women were going to go anoint the body of Jesus with spices, which was their custom at that time, because the flesh stinks when it decays. Jesus was not going to decay, but they didn't know that. So they show up at the tomb of Jesus, and they are a little bit concerned because one of them says, well, who will move that big stone for us so that we can get into the tomb? But when they got to the tomb, the big stone had been moved. An angel came down from heaven, caused an earthquake, moved the stone, and even appeared to, two angels even appeared to the women that came to the tomb to tell them, he's not here, but he is risen. And the men who were watching over the tomb of Jesus were frightened. These accounts are at the end of each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I had told you that I believed an angel spoke to me in the night. Back in January 10th, 1980, I was asleep and a very loud trumpet-like voice blew in my ear. It was just like a trumpet blowing words in my ear. Three words. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad. I didn't want to get those letters mixed up. I felt they were letters to either radio or television. Well, I found out they were a radio station the next morning. I found that out. And I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. Well, the Holy Spirit, who is very gentle, brought a thought to my mind, call the radio station manager. Therefore, that morning, I called the radio station manager at KWJS, and I said to him, God might be leading me to go on radio. How would you do that? The station manager said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long, send it to me, and if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. That same morning, I made a tape recording, 29 and a half minutes long, mailed it to the station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations for the church on radio station KWJS. I had never considered going on radio or television. But because of what this, I believe, an angel said, the instruction carried by that angel, what I believe to be an angel, because of that instruction, I, I completely changed directions and began radio broadcast, which I'd never thought of doing. God sends messages by angels. We have many examples in the Bible of angels instructing people of God. He, an angel instructed the Apostle Paul. They were on a ship that was in danger of being shipwrecked. 
an angel in the night appeared to Paul, whether in a vision we don't know, or whether just uh, in a voice or in the room. But he did appear to Paul, and Paul reported it to the shipmaster. He said, be of good cheer, because the angel said to me that everybody's life on the ship would be saved. And Paul said, I believe it shall be exactly as I have been told. And it was. It was an angel of God telling Paul what would happen. God could have chosen to use the Holy Spirit, who was in Paul, to tell him. But in this case, he chose to use an angel. We can't throw out and don't want to throw out things of God, but we don't want to follow vainly puffed up fleshly things either for devils i'm sure can give messages to individuals paul spoke about this in colossians chapter 2 paul warned it's in colossians 2:18 let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. I believe that's what I was seeing at Word of Faith in the 1980s, and it could happen at any church. We have numerous stories where Catholic women have reported seeing a vision of some saint Catholic saint. This is nonsense because messages from God help you. They don't puff you up and cause you to be vainly religious. They help you. They show you the way of God. They do something to help you. They encourage you. They show you what's to come sometimes. I've had that happen. I had a young friend who had ALS, the horrible crippling disease. David uh, was 44 at the time, had two young children. The churches were praying for David. God gave me a vision, and I saw David on a golf course in this vision. He was totally healed. He was jumping up and down and so happy And he signaled with his hand, come on, join us, come on. One of the church members, when he heard that vision, heard me tell that vision, he said, don't you think that means David is going to be healed? I said, no, David is dying. He was totally crippled at the time. David is dying. But what it shows is that his spiritual condition is all right. And he has gone ahead of us, the church, and he is showing how happy he is and encouraging us, come on and join me. That's what the vision shows. But David is dying. Two weeks later, David died. I sent a copy of what I had seen uh, in writing. I sent it in writing to David's wife and suggested that she have it read at David's funeral. He lived 600 miles away from the town where I lived. But I suggested she have it read at the funeral to encourage the congregation. Also, I suggested 
that she make copies of this vision I had and give it to David's two children because I felt it would comfort them. This is the way things of God do with us. They help us. They help the church. But when they don't provide any help and all they do is puff up an individual and make them think that they are great because they got this vision, that is evil. And that is not a work of God. That's from a vision from a strange spirit. Well, Jesus tells us in the end times, these strange spirits will bring visions. There will arise false Christs and false prophets. I believe a young couple from the church that I once attended heard false prophets because this is a married couple and they quit their secular job saying that God had appeared to them and told them to go to the nation of Israel and minister. So they quit their secular job and left left for Israel. A week later, they were back at church. I said to them, what happened? They said, well, we got to Israel, and it was totally impossible for us to do any ministry. We couldn't speak the language. See, they listened to something not of God. When God speaks to you, it works. You are totally equipped to do what you're told to do. When I heard the call letters to that radio station, and I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I also said to God, I'm a writer, not a speaker. Well, you're whatever God wants you to be, really. So it ended up that I did the speaking. Now I do podcasts. And that was God showing me to do that also. He gave me a dream, showing me starving kittens were outside my house. They were just at the point of death. They were so hungry. And I said, well, when, well, after I had the dream, I said to God, what am I supposed to do with this? And I heard a church, the church, and I knew it was speaking podcast to the church. Pam Paget had already had the word podcast brought to her. And when she told me about podcast, I thought it was wonderful cost almost nothing to do podcast. Radio was rather expensive. I was even considering going back on radio, but my direction was changed, and I began doing podcast in February 2020. God sends us messages to lead us. Sometimes we will have very strong confirmations of the way to go, like that experience where that loud trumpet-like voice said to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS, and I ended up on radio five days later. That was a very strong confirmation to do radio broadcast. I am extremely centered on the written Word of God. I also had two scriptures that had been strongly illuminated to me. One of them is in Hebrews 3, which says, Exhort one another daily while it is called today. 
And then Hebrews 10 says, exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I am often led by those scriptures. Sometimes devils will say, you're speaking too much. You are making too many podcasts. You are writing too much. I go back to those scriptures. What did it say in Hebrews 3? Exhort one another daily. I make podcasts daily. I suspect, though I've never looked at anyone else's podcast, that other people don't make podcasts daily, but I do because of that scripture. Also, we have a blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortation, and I write new messages to exhort the church daily on our blog, to exhort the church in ways of God, because in the end times, as we draw closer to the coming of Jesus, deception will be rampant. We need to warn each other in godly ways, exhort each other, bring scriptures to the attention of each other, give us a chance to hold on at the end times. This is how I am led strongly by scriptures, but those scriptures are called to my attention by the Holy Spirit. If I went out and looked for a scripture to support my case, I could be in danger of going in a fleshly way by my own desire. But when the Holy Spirit calls it to your attention, you know very well it was not your plan. But often I will have very strong scriptures leading me, but by the Holy Spirit. Here is an example of the Holy Spirit leading. In 2020, the year 2020, I think in June, June 2020, I was considering having my old car reupholstered. I had a 25-year-old car. I have broken my left hip twice and have several other broken bones in my body. It hurts to sit on surfaces. So I was considering having this old car reupholstered. And the thought came, or you could just buy a new car. I'd never thought of that. I sold a house in Texas the month prior to this word. So I did have the cash sitting in the bank from the sale of the house. I could buy a new car. I just never thought of it. I don't even drive anymore. Pam Paget, I live at her house in Colorado. Uh, she does the driving. I don't drive. Pam had a 17-year-old car at the time, and it needed to be reupholstered if we went in it. I felt certain this was a word from God. And that night I had even a dream that I bought a new car. That was enough evidence to me to make a move on the subject. The night after the dream, we went to hunt a new car. And I did buy a new car that same day. I don't like to let something wait if I believe it's from God. If I strongly believe it's from God, I like to move on it fast. Because 
The longer you wait, the more opportunity you have to talk yourself out of going that direction. If you know it's God, if you're absolutely certain the direction is from God, now be certain. I was certain that that direction was from God. I was fully persuaded it was the Spirit of God speaking to me concerning that car. So that is what I did. Pam put her car up for sale, and it sold within about four days. Mine is older than hers, and it hasn't sold yet, but I suspect it will. But I don't need the money from it, so it doesn't matter. Being led by God is extremely important. We don't want to throw out every supernatural vision. That would be foolishness. But neither do we want to follow false Christ or false prophets that might appear bringing us a word. And there will be many of those in the end times. But mostly what Jesus is warning about in this section of Scripture is visions telling us that he is in secret chambers and to go there, or in a secret place, or in another place, or in the desert. That is not the way it will be. Because when Jesus returns for the church the next time, everybody will see it. He comes through the clouds. There will be, it will be like lightning going from the east to the west. Everyone on the entire planet will know. It's kind of a mystery on how they will know because the planet is circular shaped. But God has a way to do things that our mind can't even begin to imagine. And yet, he will, he'll get it done. We don't have to worry about that. We just have to beware of following some spirit that would tell us that Jesus is in such and such a place. It's not going to happen like that. Let me review some scripture with us to show us how this works. 1 Thessalonians 4, start at verse 13. The Apostle Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep or dead, those which are dead. The dead will rise first. First, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. It's the saying, he has a voice that wakes the dead. In this case, that will be actually true. Jesus' shout and the trump of God and the archangel, the voice of the archangel will cause the dead in Christ to rise. Now, they won't rise in these physical bodies like we have today. They are going to rise in their new spiritual bodies. That is in 1 Corinthians 15 that tells us about the new spiritual body. 
But the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It doesn't even say that Jesus is coming to be on this present earth. He's coming to remove us from this present earth. But it does say that every eye will see him. And those who pierced him will see him. But Jesus, we, it tells us in verse 17, a very important statement. We rise to meet the Lord in the air. One time the Holy Spirit said to me, in the air. And I thought about it, and I remembered it was a scripture. This is where the scripture is that says that. The dead rise first by the shout causes the dead to rise. And then those who are still living on this present earth will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But we will not have these bodies. Why? Because there is a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness that has been created by God for us. We are taken to that new heaven and new earth by Jesus. The present earth will be destroyed by fire. You can read about that in Second Peter chapter 3. We will not be on this earth. Everything that we can see with our natural eyes will be destroyed after the Great Tribulation. We are taken to the new heaven and the new earth, which John described in Revelation 21, for God allowed John to see the new heaven and the new earth. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, says John. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. It's destroyed by fire. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. It won't be like it is here. We don't have these fleshly bodies whereby we have physical pain. We don't have these fleshly emotions whereby we have emotional pain because we're not going to be in these bodies. We will be changed. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians we'll be changed, and we will be changed in a blink of the eye. If you will blink your eye, that is how fast you will be changed into the new spiritual body. 
which goes into heaven. And in Revelation 21, John says, verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. There's even a scripture in Isaiah which says, We won't even remember this present earth when we are taken into the new heaven and the new earth. Start at verse 47 of 1 Corinthians 15 concerning what it will be like in heaven concerning not having these physical bodies. The first man is of the earth. In other words, we are born in the image of our father and mother. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven, as is the earthy. Such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, we shall not all die, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible in their new spiritual bodies, and we shall be changed. In the blink of an eye, blink, that's how fast we will be changed out of these physical bodies into the new spiritual body that is not subject to physical pain or pain of emotions. Jesus says we will be like the angels in heaven. There is no marriage in heaven. He explained to us in the scriptures that they do not marry in heaven. Well, we're given, we don't have these physical bodies in heaven. We have spiritual bodies. And Jesus said we'll be like the angels. So Jesus warns us in Matthew 24, if a vision appears to you saying that he, Jesus, is in the desert, don't go out there because it is not true. Jesus appears through the sky. All eyes will see him. Everyone left on this earth will see Jesus when he returns. It's a mystery that because the earth is round, how can we all see him? God has a way to make this happen. But that is what the Bible tells us will happen. Don't follow false visions. There are also false prophets in the last days. I suppose they bring messages to us telling us to do things that are not of God. Like I told you about the couple going off to Israel to preach the gospel when it was totally impossible for them to do this. 
the ways to recognize God. James 3.17 The wisdom that is from God. Pure, peaceable, gentle. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. From the very time I was a Christian, God taught me His yoke is easy. His burden is light. When he tells us to do something, it will be easy to be entreated. Even when he told me to go on radio, I had a recorder sitting there at my house, a cassette recorder, and I made an audition tape that same morning without buying anything. See, it's not like going through a brick wall. It's not a thing of gritting your teeth and bearing it. If you are yoked to something hard, you've yoked yourself to the way of man, which is hard. But Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm quoting from Matthew 11. So the way you said, I know if it's God or not, it's easy to be entreated, it is not complex, it is not overly financial, a financial expense beyond what I am able to handle. Easy to be entreated is a very, very important part of recognizing the ideas that come from the Spirit of God. For there are many devils that want to destroy us. And they will bring ideas, often religious ideas, to make us think that God has a great work for us to do. And we have to sacrifice all of our material possessions to do it. Well, you are going to be doomed if you follow that. So be sure the idea fits James 3.17 and Matthew 11 before you quit your job and go off to Israel to minister the gospel. For you do great harm to yourself and everyone else if you follow a strange voice that is not the Spirit of God. And you do great blessing to yourself and everyone else when you follow the Holy Spirit, and do what God wants you to do. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.